Blog Talk Radio. It is Saturday, August 9th. 2014, and you're tuned in to another episode of The Missy Show, your source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and once again, I've got my co-host, Dee, on board. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Jay. How are you? <laughs> we're here, and, and, and we're not blown away or anything because no, the weather, it's been looking 30, pretty bad. Yeah, about 30, 45 minutes ago, we just went through a monsoon. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's kind of worried. I was thinking, you know, hmm, we might have to postpone this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking this might have to be one of our 10 p.m. shows or something, you know. But I'm, I'm glad so far we're able to be on the air and be with you guys today. Yes, we are very happy. Me too, because I'm just glad the lightning and thunder has stopped. Yes, because um, <laughs> doing this show during something like that would not necessarily be a good thing. No, <laughs> don't do. <laughs> Mm-mm. Wouldn't want y'all to hear us electrocuted live on air. That wouldn't be that nice. Would not nope. be at all. Nope. <laughs> no, thank <Nope>. you. <laughs> well, thanks, everyone, for joining us once again. Today's topic is animals behaving badly. Bad, um, bad, bad dogs, bad, bad, dog, bad, bad cats, bad, bad <laughs> hamsters, gerbils, whatever your animal might be, maybe a bad snake, maybe. <laughs> whatever it might be, they're behaving badly. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal, everybody. After coming up with this topic, I realized that back in March we already did a show similar to this called Pet Problems. But because there's such a vast array of animal behavioral issues and problems, we decided to go ahead and do this show anyway. So, you know, we didn't cover everything back in March, so we're going to try to talk about pet problems or pet issues that we did not talk about on the March show. Um. For everyone who would like to join in the conversation live, you know, give us a call at 347-838-8313 or listen in archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tortie. And I don't need to still spell that out. I guess I should because we might have to do that. Yeah, spell it out. That's S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. And as usual, we'll also leave some links and additional information on our Facebook page. And we'd love for you guys to friend us. Um, if you want to do that, our location at Facebook is facebook.com forward slash missy.show44. Okay, that was a mouthful. Okay, got you, that over with. So well, you know, I thought, you know, my dad needs to do it. I'm like, I don't think I'll do it as well as her. <laughs> it's called having it written down in front of you. That helps a lot. You do it so well, Jay. You do it so well. Kudos. Thank you, Dee. Thank you very much. Okay, here here is the first pet problem. This particular one, I guess it could it could go for other animals other than cats. I don't know, but this is a, a problem common for cat owners. And I know for a little while we kind of had this issue with Missy, but we broke her out of this early on. And it is cats jumping on the countertop. Yeah. which is not a desirable thing considering the cats use their litter boxes and their little feeder in that sometimes, but you don't want them up on your countertop. At least that's the issue for me. You know, you don't you want your kitchen to be clean and everything. Yeah. So um, 
that can be an issue for some people. And also, it's also a safety issue for the cat because you don't want them to potentially jump on a hot stove or something. Too. You know, that's what scares me about it. When you say jumping on counter house, that's the first thing that, like, pops to my mind because I'm thinking, okay, there's little Fluffy, and Fluffy decides to, you know, do her little thing, and then she just wants because she doesn't know that the stove's hot. And so, you know, she takes it. Even if the stove isn't, like, where you have the eye on or whatever, it, maybe it's been turned off for a little bit, but it's still hot. Right. One little thing jumps up there, and, you know, this Fluffy's got hot feet, you know? <laughs> so, and yeah, and they have the little padding under their feet already, and their little yeah. feet are so soft, and, no, that, that would not be a good thing at all. Yeah. It's that would be a trip to the vet. Yeah, yes, <laughs> most definitely. Fluffy tries to cook her feet. <laughs> no, that's just that's one thing that you know I've, I've never we've had we've had a cat cat we never really owned any cats cats are kind of just kind of hung out at our house for a while and we've had them but we you know they they would leave and go home or they would be outside so we've never really had a cat inside the house for a long period of time so I don't I've never experienced you know the whole cat thing and, and some of the things that they do or whatever aside from we had a cat that would come and just decide to walk and sleep on top of the car. And she just decided one day that she wanted to just poop all over the car. <laughs> yes, they will do that. They will do that. You know, and you would just kind of walk out into the garage and you would blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that that was, but she lived next door and she kind of went on back home after that incident. So, <laughs> so she never got a chance to get to the counters anyway. No, she never, after that, she never got in the house again, so <laughs> she was kind of went home back. We were like, okay, um, you got to go back to your house. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a pleasant present that she left. No. Not at all. Not at all. But on peteducation.com, they discussed this issue about cats jumping on the counter. And I know my method that we used for Missy, we had a spray bottle. And when we saw her about to try to jump up there, we would spray her with the spray bottle, and yeah. that would deter her. And it got to a point where if she just saw us with the spray bottle in our hands, you know, she kind of knew, like, uh-oh, I don't want this, you know, because cats and water, most well, not all cats, but most cats don't like water, so she would, you know, stop in her tracks. But um, actually on this website, they were saying that you generally want to use remote correction. And what that means is the cat doesn't know where the correction is coming from. Oh. Because some of the cats could be doing certain things for attention, and you, and, and even though you might be, like, trying to punish them about it, they learn that, hey, if I try to jump up here, she's going to get up and she's going to come in and fuss at me or do whatever. So you don't want to, you know, give them extra attention. So you want to kind of uh, discipline them, but they not know where it's coming from. Yeah. And yeah. once... One of the things that they suggest that you can do is you can take an empty soda can and, like, put a few coins in it and tape it shut and kind of toss it towards the cat. Your aim is not to hit the cat, but just to startle it. If, if it hears that noise, you know, it, it's going to stop mid-track and not try to, you know, jump on the counter. Um, and I guess ideally, you know, you kind of just do it and they don't know that you're doing it. They just learn that that noise is associated with trying to jump up on the countertop and it deters them from trying to do it. Yeah. And and, and I would think that that, cause that uh, as a, it, it would startle me if I, yeah. <laughs> if I would be like, I'm going to get to the counter. And all of a sudden there's a, 
sound bomb coming at you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that would kind of just stop anybody in their tracks, you know, and then especially an animal because they're like, okay, what is this, you know? So you associate it because you kind of associate it with, okay, if I jump on the counter, that happens. That scares me, so I know don't jump on the counter. <laughs> exactly. That's that. So I can understand that will work. I can understand that will work. That would I wouldn't want that happening to me. <laughs> no, and and probably not this next one either. Um, not that as a human we would probably go through this. Hopefully we wouldn't be trying to jump on a countertop. But um, they suggested that you can place cookie sheets filled with water along your counter, and mm-hmm. if your cat does jump up there they're sort of jumping into the water. They're jumping into an unpleasant situation because they don't like water, so their feet are getting wet and they're splashing water on them. And so I don't know if you, you've probably never seen a cat who makes a mistake and falls over in the bathtub, like while you're showering or something. (laughs) But Missy has done that before, and they just hate water so much, and they're just trying their best to get away from that water and get out of that situation. So I could see where they wouldn't like that, to jump over in a on the countertop into a cookie sheet filled with water. I that, would, <laughs> that would deter them, too. <laughs> it's like, if you just jump up there, you're like, what the crap is that? <laughs> what but, but my only thing with that one is I think that one would be a bit messy. That That's going to kind of wet up your kitchen because as they're trying to jump down, they're going to knock over the cookie sheet and that water is going to go everywhere. So that w- I, I think I would be more prone to want to do the can with the coins in it. Yeah, I would probably do the the whole can bomb sound thing before I did that because, yeah, no. <laughs> but it's, hey, if it works for you, if it yeah, works you, it, you know. it's, it's a suggestion. Now, this last one, it's kind of, I, I think it's a little mean, but, but they suggest that, like, blowing up balloons at certain intervals, and you sort of pop the balloon and you, you purposely, you know, kind of startle the cat, you know, and, and they learn that when they see balloons, it's like, hey, this loud, unpleasant sound is going to come from this. So you kind of do this for so long, and then you place the balloons along the countertop. So they when they see those balloons up there, because this works, like, say, if you're at work or something, you're not home, the cookie sheets and this method is for when you, you can't be there. And so when they see those balloons along there, they're like, no, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that because they come to associate those balloons with that loud popping sound. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. God help the poor little thing, though, if you have a birthday party. I know. You would walk in there and it would be like, oh, my God. I just I don't know why that came to my mind, Jay. I just don't know. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, if you have young children, you know, you're gonna throw a birthday parties. So yeah, yeah, then you might give them a permanent phobia of balloons. You exactly. know, exactly. So. I would think that any time they saw a balloon, and if they walked in, just happened to just walk into the room after the decoration of a birthday and saw a balloon, they'd probably stroke out. Let's go, it just crossed my mind. I don't know, but you know, I can understand how that would work though, because that sound would probably, the first time it popped, would probably scare the little souls to death, bless all their hearts. And I know it's me. I would not go anywhere near balloon or anything like that ever again. 
No, no. So, so you know, maybe that will work better for people who don't have young children and you don't plan on throwing any birthday parties. But they said it doesn't have to be balloons. It can be anything that, you know, makes a sound that they wouldn't like. You know, I think they also talked about the compressed cans of air that you can clean your keyboards with, that they make some type of sound they don't like. So anything like that, you could just set it along your countertop and if it's going to deter them. They, you know, if it makes an association for them, a negative association, they won't want to jump up there. Exactly, exactly. And you just, you just, you know, you just want to make sure, first and foremost, you just want to make sure that, you know, whatever they're doing, they're not going to hurt themselves or whatever. And that's, you know, so what might work for one person might not work for another person. So you, I think you just have to find, you know, what works for you the best and causes the least amount of, you know, stress on your pet or whatever. Exactly, exactly. I like the good old water bottle. It worked for me. It worked for Missy, you know. So she, I mean, every now and again she would still have her moments where she kind of want to test us a little bit or we'd find evidence. Like one time I saw little paw prints on my stove, and I'm like, okay, now you wait until we went to work and you got up on the stove. So you have those moments where they'll still kind of test you pretty much, but for the most part, you know, the water bottle pretty much broke her out of it. Yeah, we did the water bottle with, with Mr. Boomers. Um, we did the water bottle with him because what was it that he was doing? I'm trying to remember what the water bottle, because we the water bottle actually worked for a number of different things. I want to say... We did the water bottle. He was like, he loved scents and smells, and so he had this trash. The trash can in the kitchen was just so it just. I swear, used to call him because he would just get up and just go try over there. And I'm like, where you go? Where you go? Where you go? Where you go? And he would be. It was just like that would get him in more trouble. That tr- because it had so many smells and aromas in there, and I know he could smell it before we could smell it. And he would just constantly kind of go and put his little nose, and we had to walk with a little swinging door on it. And so he would, he would walk in sometimes, and you just would see his head in the swinging door, and you just and so like, what are you doing? But he would try to get out, and one time he tried to get out, and it, he brought the trash can lid with his head, and it was like he just stood there like, okay, I'm caught. Okay, you got me. <laughs> Guilty is charged. I'm going to just get this off my head and do whatever you want to do to me. So we would kind of, if we saw him going to the trash can, we would kind of, you know, do the whole little spray bottle at him. And that kind of, he hated that spray bottle. He hated that spray <laughs> He couldn't, it would, I mean, you would actually see, you know how they'll do that? Like, because he would never get, like, violent or try to fight, but he would show his teeth when he just yeah. did He would give up all the things in the front. He would just be like, <laughs> like there was a trash can. There was a trash can. But you know that we 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 did the spray bottle thing with him on a couple of things, and and it, I mean he hated that. He had, you could pick that bottle up, and he would just give you that look like what? Yeah, that, that's how messy was. It's like a Pavlovian response, you know. Yeah. It was like what? Are you, what? I what? I haven't done anything. I'm like I'm just moving the bottle. <laughs> he would be like, well, I didn't do anything. I don't know what you're picking that up because I didn't do anything. So, don't come near me, lady. Don't come near me, lady, because I didn't do anything. So he was, the spray bottle was, was another one. I found a good article on, um, I was reading an article it's entitled Bad Behavior in Dogs on the website dogster.com. Okay. And what we liked about this particular article is what, and we, we, we talk about, you know, the behaviors that they're doing, but it's like, 
I like this article because they kind of gave you what to do when you first see it. What What are you doing? What are you, okay, you see this behavior, it's an unwanted behavior, how do you approach it? And this is, they kind of gave some great um, kind of step, well, questions to ask, I guess that's what you could say. Questions to ask about, okay, how we're analyzing it to see, is this a behavior that is a bad behavior or is this something else? And I liked it because they kind of went at it as, when, what to do when you first see your pet or your dog exhibiting an unwanted behavior. And they, I liked how they put it because they said the first step is to analyze the destructive behavior by asking yourself a few questions. And they kind of center around the whole what, when, where, how, and why kind of thing. Oh, cool. So, yeah, they were like, you know, when you see it, you're going to ask yourself, you know, what. And that's basically saying what is he or she or whatever, what are they exactly doing? And then you get to the question of when. When did it occur? When did this behavior start? Does this behavior occur at a certain time of day or did it occur at a certain time during the week? Or That's a like good that? question because I yeah. guess that could make a big difference. Exactly, because it could be tied into something. Um, and they say, okay, so where has this um, been a change in the dog's environment or the, the pet's environment, big or small? Does it occur in a certain in a certain room, or does it occur outside, or does it occur in a new space? And then they say the whole how is how often is the behavior consistent, or does your dog or your pet just misbehave when something is different? Such as like you might have guests over, and they exhibit this behavior when just guests are coming over. And then when you get to the whole analysis of answering all of these questions, then you'll get your why out of it, of, of why this is actually happening, because I think they mentioned something in there. They were like one dog was, was, I think, barking excessively at a certain time of day. And I think the neighbors would say, well, your dog just starts barking at, you know, such and such time of day, but it only happens on certain days. And they were like, what's going on? What's going on? And what they ended up finding out that, you know, going through the whole process of the whole, you know, when, where, how, how often, blah, blah, they found out that the trash thing would come by and they would, it would scare the dog. Oh, and it would only happen, I guess, on like Tuesdays and Thursdays at night, you know, at a certain time. And they were like, we don't know, but but it would just trigger it, and the dog would just bark, bark, bark. But the dog would be at home alone, and that big noise of that, because they had one of those big ones, so it would just make this, it would just all of a sudden be quiet, and then all of a sudden you would hear in the neighborhood, you know, kind of a big sound. So the dog would get terrified and just start barking. So once they kind of took this approach to it, and I think somebody stayed at home or whatever, but they just kind of separated themselves from dogs just to see what would happen. And that happened, and they were like, it was the trash can. It happened on this, you know, what is he doing? He was barking excessively. When did it happen? It happened on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at, you know, what time? And it was where the dog was just wherever he was in the house, how often, you know, da-da-da. And they got their why. Why is that? Because of the trash man coming to do this, and it's scaring the dog. So they knew on these certain days they needed to either put the dog somewhere else, take the dog somewhere else, because it ended up actually giving the poor little thing a little kind of a nervous thing, but they kind of narrowed it down, figured out what it was, and they made the appropriate corrections for it so they he wouldn't have to go through that. But I like that approach to it because it's like you kind of notice, okay, this is happening and this is something that's bad, and you kind of take these kind of steps and you kind of approach it that way to kind of figure out, okay, let's just try to narrow down what this is, what could possibly be causing it. 
And it's kind of like a detective kind of a thing. Yeah, totally. I was just going to say that. I was just thinking yeah. the same thing. I didn't know if it was like because you have deductive reasoning and inductive reasoning. I can't remember which one is which, but, yeah, it reminds me of that kind of approach. Exactly. I like I love that article because they kind of put a thing up to say, okay, they haven't been doing it, but they've just started doing it. Could there be something behind it? So they gave you like these little steps to kind of da, 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 walk yourself through to try to figure out maybe there's something that's actually causing it that has come into the dog's environment or something that's happened to the dog or continuously happens to the dog at a specific or the animal at a specific time that's causing this behavior. I was, I, you know what, I saw that article too, and I like that approach also, and I, I was hoping that you had probably run across it because I have so much info, and I was like, should I talk about that? I didn't know what to talk about. But, yeah, I, I, I do like that approach, you know, because it's, because there are so many different reasons, and like you were saying, like it, it could, if it's only happening at a certain time of the day or it's only happening in a certain location, that can help you narrow down what the cause might be. Exactly, exactly. They gave like examples of different, you know, different things um, happening, and it's just the deductive ways that you can go about kind of just kind of eliminating things that don't fit what could be causing the problem and, and getting down to the root of the cause. Something that I did notice on their site, and I was doing a little bit more research that I was going to ask you about, which I don't think we covered this back in March, but um, did Boomer ever have any issues with, like, digging up y'all's backyard or front yard? Because some dogs have these major digging issues where they're, like, digging big holes in your yard. Yeah, you know, Boomer, he never had the because I have a friend, God bless him, God bless him, but he showed me a whole his dog dog, and I thought Boomer had a problem because he did dig. He went through a phase. It wasn't something that he kept doing though, because we we you know he was and he went through. His, it was like a little phase for him, and we had like little moles or gophers in our backyard, and that was another thing that he kind of made him want to dig because he could smell it in the hole. So he would go to where that little bowl or gopher, I don't know what it was, in the ground, and he would smell it, put his little nose in the hole. And I used to be so afraid because I thought, you know, it's a snake hole or something. It's going to just bite the crap out of him. And he would just start digging. But then he got to the stage where he just started digging these, like, little holes, and he did go through that whole thing. And what we ended up doing, what we ended up doing, because dig like a little hole, there wasn't a big hole, but we would go and take that hole and cover it. We put bricks in it. And we would cover it, like, with wood or something. So when yeah. he to, to dig again, he would be like, you could see him going, he's like, now, where did this come from? <laughs> where did this come from? He eventually, actually, he didn't stay in his digging phase for very long. Because he, he, we kind of, I guess, warm out with the whole brick. He would dig a little hole, we'd put bricks in it and cover it with wood, and he would go back to that hole, and he would think, okay. And I guess he just, I don't know if he just got tired of it, but he didn't stay in his digging phase. But our our friend... My friend dog dug a hole where you could literally fit something deep in that hole. Oh and my goodness! He would say he would go back there and he would just start digging holes. He would just start, you know, digging a hole. And it wasn't like he would dig like a hole and they go move and dig another hole. He would get on a hole and he would just dig in that hole. It was like a job for him. He said he would get up every morning, eat his breakfast, drink his water. Get a little playtime, then they would let him out, and he'd go clock in and start digging his <laughs> And you know what? That almost sounds like for that dog that it was like a compulsive behavior because they say with some animals it can be a compulsion. 
it was it was sort of like a little kind of you know OCD kind of thing for the blessed little heart. When he would just go out there, he would have to dig that hole. He would have to dig that hole, and he would dig it until either they stopped him or whatever, and they eventually. I'm trying to think, what did they do for Tyler? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I don't know if they would just. You know, I think they would cover the hole back up, and then I think they eventually put something over the hole. And I, I don't know if he just grew out of it, he got tired of it. I'm not really sure. Um, but Tyler just didn't do it anymore, I don't think. Or he might still be doing it. I'm not sure he doesn't talk about it anymore, but I'm not sure. But we And it would be really cool to ask those questions, like, of your friend, I would have loved to, like, known, like, you know, uh, like, where was he doing it? Was there a certain time that he was doing it? You know, exactly. trying to narrow it down. Because they say, you know, in some cases they they dig because they're bored. Sometimes yeah. they're digging to bury things or they're trying to create the end for themselves. There are just different reasons. Or either they're following a scent like Boomer was doing. Yeah. You know, or they want to just try to escape. Because I had a friend who had a dog who, because she was asking me, she was like, where am I? This dog, he's digging this hole by the fence, and this is how he gets out. Exactly. And I was like, that's how he gets out. And I think what would happen was the dog would dig, he would, you know, they would put something up there, but he would go and dig another hole, he would get out, and he'd go run around all day. And when he got tired, he would come back, she was like, but when I come back home, he's in the fence. I'm thinking, he's probably leaving during the day. <laughs> Coming back home. He's probably doing, but he, uh, he was a smart little dog, and I think what kind of clued her in is one day something happened and he didn't go back into the fence. He actually, I don't know, something happened where something blocked the hole because the fence was by something else and towards another person's yard and they were doing some work and I think the a car came and it blocked the hole so he couldn't get back in after he had gotten out. So he was sitting on the front steps like waiting on her like, can't get in. <laughs> I'm busted. I'm so busted. I'm just, I don't know what happened, Mama. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. that I think that would just sort of freak me out of my dog was like digging up the backyard and everything and I know my husband that would just drive him crazy. But 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 I get the thing with the fence. I get that they're trying to escape and in my research I kinda of saw that too. They just kinda of want to get out the yard for a while and go run around and do whatever and you know.
destructive behaviors or behaviors that probably drive some people crazy <laughs> where they're trying to figure out. I mean, there's so much information that I saw online about different things that you can do. We can never, ever cover it in our show. Yeah, and see, and that's where Facebook comes in handy because um, anything that we get didn't get to, you know, I'll be sure to post it on there because I saw stuff about, you know, what to do if your dog has the jumping behavior. Because at first I, I only thought about cats jumping, but I was thinking in terms of jumping onto things like countertops. But, you know, then I thought about Boomer, and they mean, okay, like jumping on people, like how Boomer did me that time. <laughs> yes, he, he had the problem, and that was another thing. We deterred him with the water bottle. That was another one. Um, he had the problem of it was only when he would see people. Now, certain people he wouldn't jump, but if he, if you were coming to the house and he just got really excited, he would get so excited where he would be like, okay, I'm going to jump on you. And, you know, it wasn't like a bad jump, but it was a jump like, I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah. <laughs> he loved you that day. So I think what we did, we did the whole, um, we would leash him, and, and we started leashing him after a while, and, and he would go to jump, and we would have the leash down and tell him to sit or stay or don't do that. And eventually he got out of that, too. I think he just got to the point where he was like, oh, I don't even feel like jumping. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And then there's always when they just, you know, naturally use interest, lose interest just due to getting older, and they're just like, man, I don't feel like that anymore. But you know, most people can't hang in there that long, so not suggesting that you just wait till the pet gets old and then just be like, okay, they stop now. Exactly. <laughs> and an, another show flown by, and, you know, we have all this information, but like I said, be sure to check our Facebook page because I had some information on what to do if your cat is biting and scratching. I had some stuff about the dog jumping and excessive barking if they're barking at inappropriate times, you know, disturbing the neighbors, disturbing you, um, what to do if your cat doesn't like to be picked up. But um, I'll leave links on Facebook so you guys can check out that information we didn't get to cover today. Great show. Great show, and and we didn't get struck by lightning, so that's a wonderful yes. thing. Good thing. Um, well, I just want to thank you guys. Well, we both want to thank everybody for listening, and tune in to our next show. Don't know what that topic's going to be yet, but we're getting closer to episode 25, and we do have that, but we'll make that announcement later. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Happy Catterday. Saturday.